Welcome to the PTMA podcast. Another bonus edition of the podcast today. So we have Sky Asquith, the legend, join us. Um, Sky is someone we've worked with in the past and she specialises in training females. Um, incredible knowledge on nutrition. Um, we Sky kind of briefly goes through considerations when training females uh, through menstrual cycle, PCOS, menopause. The, this podcast is brilliant. It's, you know, real clear uh, considerations and info and application as well. So for any coach, any trainer that is training any females that are particularly going through any one of these three things, this is a brilliant podcast for you to, to listen to. Um, Sky is also doing a series of webinars which you can attend. Um, and she goes into a lot more detail on all three things and, and a lot more as well. So I'm going to ping Sky's Instagram handle into the show notes as well as what we've talked through. Um, if you like what you hear, which I'm sure you will, please give Sky a shout um, and I'm sure she'll help you get on board with those webinars she's doing. Hope you enjoy this. It's a brilliant one. If you find this useful and you feel that other people would benefit from listening to it, please share, tag us in, tag Sky in. Um, and yeah, enjoy guys. Have you been using Zoom? There we go. Yeah, I know. I'm still not good on still Zoom. Still can't find it. <laughs> oh, I was like an old man then. Where's that record? I'm going to move the screen away from it to see if we can see it more. Um, right. Sorry about that intro. But morning, everyone. I hope you're well. As promised, we've got Nick done one already. Um, we've, got, <laughs> we've got Sky on um, to talk all things training females and everything. We've got a framework to go through. We've got tons of questions now. We, we struggled at first, but we've got tons of questions as well. Um, okay. We do encourage any questions into the comments and the chat thing um, at the bottom. So just let us know if you've got any questions, anything triggers as we go along, and we'll be uh, tackling them at the end because we have been organised and got a bit of a framework together for this chat. You mean I've being organized well, <laughs> come up with a framework <laughs> i'm creating you take credit i don't work with you anymore Fantastic. i don't give a shit <laughs> i'm just creating autonomy out of this guy do you know i'm meeting you where you're at do you know what i mean <laughs> um, creating that environment yeah right before we uh, go off on tangents and waffle on anymore sky thanks for coming on appreciate it. i know you're busy we can't be that busy because you're always on them bloody stories on instagram so you can't be that busy um, <laughs> But I'll let you do intros and let people know your background if they've never seen or heard of you before. Where you go. Wonderful. I love this part. Um, so yeah, my name's Sky. I am a coach. I have been a coach for oh, seven years now. I hate saying that. I'm 30 this month. Wow. Um <laughs> next, next in heaven's waiting room here, him, son. <laughs> <about> him. <laughs> um 
Yeah, so I've been a coach for seven years. I started with Pure Gym. That's how I know these two ugly guys on the screen with me. Oh. I'm joking. Yeah, um, so yeah, started as a personal trainer for Pure Gym and then worked my way up into management and ended up doing a bit of mentoring beside these two handsome gents. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I guess I've now moved fully online thanks to COVID. Um, I did obviously Mac Nutrition about maybe three years ago now. So my kind of arena now is more nutrition based and that was always kind of one of my weakest points as a personal trainer. So yeah, that's me now. I am working only with females. So that is my area, I guess, of interest and where I'm really passionate and where I've learned so much. And that's why I try and pass it on to other coaches because I know that it's not really something that is standard in education. And if you can't afford to do courses, it's something that can sometimes make you feel a little bit tripped up or lacking confidence in certain areas so I guess that's what I'm here to help with today yeah so obviously we've chatted through this I think we've been on you've been on twice before haven't you uh, yeah. and I know we've done little bits we've had chats and we've done Q&A's and stuff but you haven't you did a webinar actually so tell why you did do a webinar on specific parts of this mm-hmm. uh, but we wanted to delve into as much detail as we can in a conversation um, and then off the back of it, signpost everyone to kind of the, the webinars that you're doing right now that's going to help people feel tons more comfortable and confident in supporting the clients in these areas. So because we've got loads to get through, let's get looking. Let's, do you want to start with menstrual cycle and key considerations from a personal training perspective of what they need to consider, uh, what they need to be aware of, how to deliver them conversations, away you go. Yeah, um, cool. So that is a good place to start. I think... Before we go into any of it, like any part of this PCOS, menopause, menstrual cycle, I think the most important thing is to start by opening up the conversations before you even know about the menstrual cycle, before you start, you know, expanding your knowledge and then going back to your clients and telling them about it. I think the key thing you need to do is actually have those conversations because it's not going to be the same for every female client that you work with. There are obviously some trends and some things that you should be aware of and that you might want to manipulate. Um, but I think there's a, a bit of a, a time so you show your clients what they should feel and what's going to happen. So I think the, the main thing that people need to do, and if you can take anything away from this, is go back and start to speak to your female clients about these things and see what their experience is before you start kind of telling them, um, you'll feel like this, you'll feel like that. But just for anybody that is completely brand new and doesn't know anything about the menstrual cycle, um, obviously it's something that women go through every month. Um, when we talk about it, we tend to like generalize and talk about it in a 28-day cycle, but it can be shorter, it can be longer. Some women it's 23 days, some women it can be like up to 40 days. So don't freak out if you or your clients don't have a 28-day cycle. We just talk about it to make it easier. So we split it generally into two phases. Um, the first phase is the follicular phase. The second phase is the luteal phase. And key differences in these phases that may impact your clients. So in the first half of your cycle, and the cycle starts on day one of your client's period. So that's quite important to know. That's when day one starts, day one of your period. And then we are into this uh, follicular phase. So in this phase, um, the dominant hormone is estrogen, which 
generally is quite positive. So this phase, we tend to find that we recover better. We adapt to training better. We can maybe cope with higher intensity, higher volume workouts. Um, generally, our mood is better because the way that estrogen works with our mood and our cognitive function. Um, so all those things should be taken into account. But again, it's something that you want to ask your clients about and monitor how they feel throughout the month. Um, in terms of kind of training and nutrition, if you have somebody that's dieting, maybe taking advantage of the fact that they're going to feel better in this part of their cycle. And um, there is a potential to maybe hit it a little bit harder, increase their deficit. Um, appetite's going to be a lot more stable during this first half of the cycle. Training-wise, you might want to use this part of the cycle, week one or week two, for like your testing weeks, if you do test your clients, or maybe higher volume, higher intensity weeks, depending on how you periodize your client's training, that's probably going to be a good idea to do it here. Um, and you're going to have kind of the truest weight reflection in this area as well. So that's something to be mindful of because across the cycle, there's loads and loads of fluctuations with your client's weight and they'll definitely freak out about it. But if you can kind kind of remind them that this is going to be the time when it's at their lowest and their truest and it will, may change throughout the rest of the cycle. Um, and then split down the middle, we've got ovulation and this again changes hormones again. We move into luteal phase. So in this part, we are progesterone dominant and this is when things may be a little bit sketchy. Things might change, get a little bit tougher. Again, not all of my clients notice a difference at all. Um, some of them are like two different humans. Some of them don't. So it's really important that you just monitor and get them to report to you how they feel. Um, but generally in this part of your cycle is when you're going to have a little bit of a change in appetite, essentially a bit of a decrease in performance and recovery. So in terms of training, maybe looking at a bit of a deload week or reducing some of the volume or intensity or frequency of sessions. I know I do that for some of my clients. We kind of front load their training at the start of the month and then taper off towards the back end, week three, week four. And then as soon as we start again, it just kind of cycles on. Um, between like week three and week four, and there's no real way of pinpointing exactly when this happens, apart from your client reporting this to you, but that there is a part of our period where our temperature rises and our BMR rises. So there is a potential for an increase in hunger. And some co coaches might um, agree with this, that some of their clients will report that they're really hungry at certain times of their uh, cycle and I think sometimes male coaches are just like yeah just suck it up get on with it like you're just a bit hungrier but there is an actual physiological increase so then you do have potential if your client is really really struggling at the same point every month to go okay right let's increase the calories it's not a lot it's like between eight to sixteen percent increase in your BMR which is no more than around 200 calories for most people but you've got that option there if you need it because it's just gonna at the end of the day all you're trying to do is help their adherence to whatever it is you're prescribing the training nutrition whatever their goal is you're not trying to tell them what they need to do it's just if they are struggling you've got some options so if they say they are hungrier at the same kind of point each month they probably are um so all the real back end of the luteal phase so like week four just before the period is when pms can occur so pre-menstrual syndrome and all the good things happen here, like cramps, boobs are sore, 
mood swings and um, you've got a real potential here for like some emotional eating for some clients and um, so just bearing that in mind as well that there could be some real shifts in mood again some of my clients don't really report that some of them again <laughs> say that they are two different people and they feel like two different people um, and this is mainly because it's such a high hormone phase you've got estrogen spikes up but progesterone spikes up as well so it's, it's kind of a high hormone phase which causes all sorts of problems for some of us um so yeah in terms of training potentially deload potentially drop intensity with nutrition again think if they struggle with their appetite how can you help that maybe increase their protein increasing their fiber and volume foods and if they need it maybe increasing their calories either by a couple of hundred or if they're tracking taking them back up to maintenance or just above just just so you can help with adherence at the end of the day. That's all you're trying to do. Make things as easy as possible rather than your clients continuously feeling like they're fighting against themselves. Maybe they end up eating more when you haven't told them to. And then it's a bit of a cycle of, oh, I've failed now. This is it. Um, so that's the kind of menstrual cycle in a nutshell, a very quick nutshell. Go on. Who's asking a question here? I'm, go, I'm going. I'm going. Go you should have said. It wasn't your time. <laughs> We um, this. You should you pipe down, right? You're ruining the moment. Okay. Um, so, from a coaching perspective, I talked about those two phases <clears throat> and that yeah. kind of stage as well. And you've talked a lot about, you know, them feeling slightly differently at different points. And how how as you as a coach do you get them to measure that where they can understand the differences and also then obviously you can then understand the differences um how do you how do you go about that so i i do it in my weekly check-ins with my clients and they report throughout the month and to be honest i do get my male clients to report some of this as well not all of it but reporting whereabouts they are in their cycle if they know not not everybody knows it depends sometimes on contraception that they have as well so some of them won't have a regular cycle but then it, it doesn't really affect them as much as women that don't take contraception um so getting them to report where they are in their cycle week one week two week three week four and then getting them to report their mood throughout the week their hunger throughout the week and general things like that so i obviously in check-ins get all the kind of objective stuff but then the subjective stuff too but getting them to really think about how they felt at certain points through the week in terms of all those things and then seeing if there's a pattern really if there's a specific week where they're like yeah felt like shit was really hungry and we haven't changed anything as well mm. um then seeing okay it might be that this is because of their period and then just suggesting okay here's some of your options what do you want to do because some people as well like me when I was bodybuilding went through these things but didn't change anything because I didn't want to I was just like you know what I'm hungry I'm just going to take it on the chin so some people won't want to change anything but it's just having those conversations and the awareness around it and how and say practically for like anyone watching is that kind of would you give them um a rating to rate their hunger and energy and, and whatnot, intensity, or is it more just how they describe it, how they feel? Yeah, so both with my, because I focus so, so heavily on nutrition and a lot of my clients, it's helping them with their relationship with food. They do kind of not journal, but reflect on how they felt each day along with their food diaries. 
Um, but yeah, you're right with like the stress, the energy, the hunger, it's a rate in one to five. Um, and then we track that each week so we can see literally if it's one, 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 and then three, okay, what's happened there? What's the difference? Mm -hmm. Come on. Come on, Adam. No, you nicked the question. You just no, dropped no, off. It's my question, actually. No, the, what, obviously, the question I wanted to ask was in and around the self-awareness piece, but he's just robbed that completely. <laughs> Listen, um, the only other thing I wanted to pick up on is there is standard, I think we've seen a shift, I would say about probably about two, three years ago, and you can probably um, tell me if I'm wrong, but where we started as an industry to talk about it more. So the likes of, for example, because it's James Smith's demographic, he started to come out and talk about it more. So then everyone else started to do it. But there's also myths that come with that, which is like kind of treat everyone the same. You must everyone's measurements at week one and do you know what I mean of every single cycle and you must do x y and z. you must have a deload or think one thing is if they've got an extra 200 calories to eat because uh, of what they're going through then give them an apple or some what was that oh that, that was my doorbell <laughs> tell me you're not going to the door you're busy um <laughs> they, um give them an apple I'm sure I heard someone say yeah I guess give them an apple or something like that like like the what's going on yeah, I'd rather you give them two Fred. I'm still here, by the way, she's actually yeah. going. Oh, I can, I can bug them in. I'm still here. If you, oh, all right, something important. Yeah. <laughs> It'll only be Amazon or a misguided, <laughs> or a misguided <laughs> package or something like. No, I think it's, I think it's my mouth guard for jujitsu, so it is important. <laughs> oh, that is very important. Yeah, you need your gnashes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, in any myths that you can kind of just go right, squash that. Just be aware of this. I think it's not even myths. I think it is just yeah. the fact that people love to overcomplicate things to sound like they know their shit and you don't really need to. I think, like we always say, think science, talk client. You just need to be aware of it and then apply that to the person that's in front of you rather than going, oh, I've got a special protocol that I use with females where we backload your carbs because you're more insulin sensitive here and more insulin resistant there. Like, I think personally, go into it as if you're not going to change anything because of their cycle and just get to know that person in front of you as they go through coaching with you because those first few months you're learning all about them anyway you're learning about them and you gather from that you're doing the same with the cycle you don't want to go into it and go right okay we're going to do testing week one then we're going to front load all your volume week two week three we'll back off week four you don't you don't want to do that you're making more work for yourself anyway because like i've said some of my clients we changed nothing throughout the whole month. We periodize month by month, like their dieting, their diet break, their training, but we don't do it week by week based on their cycle. But for some of them, I've had to do that because they would get to week four and then they would come to check in and be like, I fucking fell off the wagon, starving, can't be asked to go to the gym, foul mood. And it was happening every month. So it was like, okay, well, what can we do? We can reduce the frequency of your training. Maybe you just do a bit of training at home. Let's increase your food. Let's, you know, monitor <clears throat> your intake that way. And that's really worked. All you're trying to do is help that person adhere to whatever you're prescribing. Great. Oh, go on, sorry. No, 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 no. It's all right. Um, I was just going to say, which is coaching. At the end of the day, it's just coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think sometimes people freak out. Like, I don't know much about menstrual cycle. I'm, I'm going to screw my clients. Like, you're not. You can. You don't need to know about the menstrual cycle to see a pattern in. They never train, like at this part of the month, or 
they always say that they're hungry here like maybe they are maybe I should do something to help them you don't really need to know exactly the ins and outs of all the hormonal changes to see when your clients are struggling and when you should maybe help them and change something to help them and yeah it is coaching but yeah I think it is great that people are more aware but I think we are trying to like sometimes it's the same with like training sessions and people make up new exercises to look fancy and clever I think sometimes there's a, there's a tendency to want to do that with these things when it's like yeah have an understanding but you are you are coaching the person in front of you you're listening to that individual yeah that's important to stress like uh, the principles of coaching starts at understanding the person now if you're a personal trainer like I was going to say luckily for me it probably is on that side of things but I predominantly train males like whether they're males in a corporate market like at the six center gym, predominantly corporate males, um, athletes and stuff like that. And they're all predominantly males. And I never really had to kind of come across this or need to understand this. Now, the biggest market for personal training is 25 to 35 female fat loss. So if you can sit there as a male personal trainer, naive and blinkered towards not needing to know this and then just turn around and dictate when they do, in their terms, fall off the wagon because they're tired, craving the foods that they want to create, emotionally and slightly. And all your comeback is is you don't want it enough or come on you just need to do x y and z or have, yeah, try harder yeah. yeah it's 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 not so much that yes you need to have the understanding of the information that we're currently going through and the education from it and look into it if predominantly you do coach females at the same time it still comes back to you're only asking questions and that's that level of self-awareness isn't it which is obviously yeah. before from the check-in that's really important just on that before we move on to pcos and so on what types of questions? I know you've just touched on, um, there's two things I want to ask you. I know you've just touched on like hunger ratings and stuff like that, stress ratings and so on. Is there any specific kind of open questions that you ask for in checking that brings out some really good responses in and around this area? Um, not particularly. It's just kind of like they won't sometimes realise and it's piecing a bit of a puzzle together because there's lots of different elements to the check-in. So it's like looking at, their weight fluctuations where they are in their cycle what they've reported throughout the week with their hunger and their mood and stuff like that and it's just like if they've had a, a day where they've overeaten or emotionally eaten, it's like okay what happened that day do you think there's anything that triggered it you know and they're like no nothing really happened I just felt a bit low and then I go okay you know that you're in week four of your cycle and this happened last month as well and then they're like ah, and I'm like do you think it could be that let's see what happens next month. and then it is just getting them to reflect as much as you can, getting curious. I think the biggest thing is starting this conversation from the get-go, from the minute that they come to a consultation with you, because you then, if you try and do it in a check-in, they're gonna be like, what's this person asking me all these personal questions about where I'm on my cycle, what contraception am I on, if any, and those kind of things. So it, I think it's important to normalize it as much as you can and let them know why you wanna know. Yeah, and then for existing for PTs now who have not brought this up with clients and so on, and probably sat there thinking, "Oh my God, I've not done it at the start." Listen, this this is where we do overcomplicate stuff as an industry sometimes, and yeah. have a really open and honest conversation, like like you would do like normally with anybody. Do you know what I mean? If you need to bring a conversation up, you need to go right. Do you know what? I've not looked into it before. I probably should have done. Um, now I've started to build up a bit of an understanding. I just thought I'd let you know, and this is where. If it's okay, I'd like to start the conversation. If not, then that's cool and we can get to it further down the line or whatever. Um, but it's, again, it comes back to coaching. It comes back to open questions constantly and yeah. that's what we discover for that person because you're going to find um, 
you're going to find a hell of a lot of people not recognize it themselves, aren't they? Because people are so busy. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And I think some women are a bit blase about it as well. And it's just like, and they kind of blame themselves. Oh, hormones, all oh, this. It's like, yeah but, yeah, but that is a genuine thing. So let's work around it. You don't need to fight it. You don't need to fight yourself or beat yourself up about it. If yeah. this is something that's genuinely ha- happening, this is your experience. So how can we work together so you're not fighting against yourself? But yeah, you're right. It's getting them to reflect on everything. And the more they do reflect and be like, oh, actually, yeah, I felt like this or this happened or training was absolutely fucking mint here. And I'm like, well, you say this every time when you're at the start of your, your week one. So further intensity volume, whatever, depends on their goal, obviously. If it's a performance goal, then that's the kind of thing that you'd be looking at. Wicked. All right. Anything else that you'd like to kind of leave them with from a menstrual cycle perspective before we move on to PCOS and skim the surface of that? No, I don't think so. I think it's just, um, it, this is probably for the male coaches, but I think if it makes you uncomfortable, which it might, that's fine. But the more you can voice that and just say, look, like this isn't very natural for me. I don't go through it, but it's yeah. really important for me to know to understand because the more I can understand about you and your experience with it and how it might impact you, the better results we're essentially going to get. Um, and again, if they don't want to speak about it, respecting that, but letting them know, like, if you don't want to speak about it, that's fine, but I have to put it to you and just doing it from the very beginning. Wicked. Okay. Sorry. Nick. So on to PCOS sky, what is it? And how common in your experience or for the research that you've done is it with working with general pop? Yeah, so um, PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome, which I think a lot of people just tend to think is just a reproductive syndrome. That's all it kind of affects. And I've said this before on talks that we've done, but my kind of experience of this started about five years ago when I had a client with PCOS and she told me she had PCOS and I was just kind of like okay cool that doesn't affect anything that we're doing that's just the reproductive syndrome but actually it does have uh, metabolic and psychological implications that are massively going to potentially massively affect the way that you coach train program nutrition and for a client so Basically, it is um, it affects one in 10 women in the UK, actually. So it's quite common. There is a very good chance that if you coach women, you are going to coach a woman that has PCOS. Um, there's kind of three criteria for having PCOS. So one of them is cysts on your ovaries. Uh, one of them is irregular or missing periods. And then another one is having high levels of androgens, so male hormones. Um, and that's what then causes all the different things that it can impact. You only have to have two out of three of those to have uh, PCOS. Obviously, coaches don't need to go around diagnosing people, but it's just something to be aware of and maybe something to ask. Um, because if they've got irregular periods and cysts on the ovaries, they're not going to get all the kind of effects that come with high, high male hormones. So maybe just a question around that. Um, so yeah, it is, it's quite common now. And I don't think... Or maybe it was common, but people just weren't talking about it or coaches weren't asking or like me, very ignorant as to what it was. Um, But in terms of the effects that it has, especially with high male hormones, we can find that there's a lot of insulin since it's quite similar to type 2 diabetes in that way. 
Um, so insulin resistance, there's some metabolic adaptation that might come alongside that. So a potentially a need for lower energy. And the psychological impacts I found are kind of the biggest. So a lot of women with PCOS are full of anxiety and depression and obviously low, low motivation. Um, in terms of male hormones, that comes with kind of some not very nice clinical presentations like facial hair, acne, oily skin. Um, you probably find that actually your clients with PCOS are like crazy strong because they've got, you know, more testosterone and stuff like that. A lot of Olympians actually have PCOS. Um, so they're going to be stronger, train better, pack on muscle more. But that in itself is not a very positive thing for a lot of females. A lot of women with PCOS don't see that as a good thing. Um, so it's quite a difficult thing to live with if you think of all those things that are going on. Unexplained weight gain because they don't really understand what's happening um, from this metabolic adaptation, insulin resistance, low mood, anxiety, depression, not really moving a lot, not really wanting to train a lot, not having periods, worrying about fertility. So all of that really has quite a big knock-on effect. Um, so yeah, that's PCOS kind of in a nutshell. With so when you're just talking through that, Sky, you was, mm-hmm. I've experienced that with a client. I was very much the same mindset as yourself. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess where I'm coming from with this is PTs are very quick to misdiagnose things from a fear of not wanting to not feel intelligent enough to kind of know the answers, right? I guess, I guess from a practical side of things, if you're working with a client, a female, and some of those, especially when obviously the, the key one there is with someone who's doing the right things and weight loss or actually gaining weight is one of the things that is happening with your client. What are the kind of indications where you, whereas a PT, you'd go, maybe, maybe book yourself in the doctor to maybe get to see what, what's going on. What are the kind of common things that you'd say, that would be maybe something you'd want to point them in the right direction and outsource a little bit. I think the main thing, like I've never come across, and other people might have a different group, I've never come across a woman that doesn't have some inkling that there is something going on in regards yeah. to PCOS. And it tends to be because of the irregular periods and the weight gain. And I think a lot of actually a bit like So it's something that they would kind of already know and I have my clients come to me and go I think I've got PCOS I'm at the doctor for it now I'm getting levels tested so I think if you're having these conversations about menstrual cycle and then you've got this unexplained weight gain that they don't really know about low mood these masculinizing kind of symptoms coming through obviously if you feel like they trust you enough to open up that conversation kind of framing it as maybe you should go and get tested for this because actually knowing that you've got it is quite a positive thing because yeah. then it, it kind of, it does explain things um, and there's certain things that we can do. And it's not, again, nothing magic, but if you know that they've got PCOS, then potentially if the fat loss is their goal and we shouldn't assume that everybody with PCOS wants to achieve fat loss, most of them will just want to improve their symptoms or now we know that you've definitely got PCOS, you probably need to assume you've got a lower BMI and let's try and work around that. If you've got insulin resistance, then we want to try and improve that. So we're looking at more impact training, high impact hit resistance training rather than, you know, 
low impact or movement that's going to be more beneficial um mm. it doesn't have to be overcomplicated and magical um but yeah i think having that conversation and encouraging them to go to the doctor and doctors aren't the best either so keeping that in mind um but most women will have an idea that something's going on just due to the fact that they're not having regular periods and most women will go and get that checked out and then doctors might flag hmm, you know what you might have pcos that's really helpful and you, you went through a few of them there, but just to highlight some, I guess the impacts of PCOS with, when you're working with a client with someone who has versus someone who hasn't, so people can kind of take those considerations into, into effect when they, when they know someone has, has it that they're working with, what would they be? Yeah, so I think um, some of the key ones that obviously are within our scope of practice is definitely the way that you train them. So leaning towards things that are going to improve insulin sensitivity, like I've just said, resistance training, strength training, if they can, impact training. Obviously, it depends on their preference, but also if they are quite overweight, that's not going to be very comfortable for them. So bearing that in mind, that it's probably going to want to go down strength training route. But things like that are going to be better than just saying, okay, let's increase your neat, let's do you know a little bit of movement but again if they don't want to do strength training you can't force them it's just trying to um prescribe that and say that's probably going to be the thing that's going to help the most um bmr wise assume if their goal is fat loss assume that they're probably going to need less calories and there's no way of you knowing that absolutely no way of you even calculating that there's no equation in the world that's going to tell you what a woman with pcos needs in the research, it can be up to 40% less in really extreme cases. But generally, I just kind of guess around 10 to 20% less than what you would normally calculate if you're somebody that calculates calories with your clients. Um, I think in terms of the insulin resistance, and this happens with type 2 diabetes as well, it's like PTs tend to be like, okay, zero carb, low carb. That's not really necessary in the research. It's more looking at the quality of the carbohydrates that they're eating. Um, so just bearing that in mind that maybe a more moderate carbohydrate intake but you don't need to then go full keto or cut out all carbs that's not necessary um, and a, another one is increasing protein intake um, we see in women with PCOS that they tend to have like slight metabolic inflexibility so the body doesn't burn the right fuel source at the right times like another woman would so at night generally we oxidize fat women with PCOS sometimes oxidize protein. So there's a potential for muscle loss there. So increasing protein intakes probably, they're the key things that I would say we need to be aware of within our scope of practice. Um, and in terms of supplements, again, only you can suggest this, you can't force this on them, but inositol is probably one of the most heavily researched supplements for PCOS. It's super safe. You can get it from my protein, Holland and Barra, anywhere like that. Um, and it's it kind of has been shown to kind of it's been shown to reduce all symptoms but um it's a bit of a wonder drug and I've had clients that have had amazing results from it have got their periods back have got pregnant so if there was any one thing that I would say if you get a client with PCOS definitely get them and maybe you go and do a bit of research on it first and then present this mm. to them so they can make a choice um but yeah in nosotol every day two to six grams six months minimum and um, before they even start to be like, it's not working. Um, but yeah, those are the main things that I would say. Awesome. Man. 
And anything else on that? No, just any kind of remaining key focuses from that. Obviously, I know you've kind of skimmed the surface. There's so much more to it, but any kind of yeah. focuses, any key takeaways from the PCOS type of chat for PTs? I think also um, being aware that like this is a really kind of difficult syndrome to live with for a lot of women. Uh, women. So when a woman comes to you that's got PCOS, she's probably going to feel like she's tried everything, she's failed everything, that she's broken, that it's her fault. So I think bearing that in mind, um, I, it's going to take a little bit more patience, a little bit more monitoring and figuring and another point to make is that you can be quite lean and have PCOS I've had a client before that was lean and I think that comes down to the type of insulin resistance that you've got some women have insulin resistance just of the fat cells which means that they could still train really hard they could still utilize glucose better than women that have insulin resistance of muscle cells that's when they start to kind of fall into gaining weight and things like that so bearing in mind that not every woman PCOS is overweight not every woman wants to lose weight some of them want to improve their symptoms and all of the things I've spoken about will help to improve symptoms it's not just all about fat loss and weight loss but yeah wicked all right last I'm just going to keep oh, there's a question what age can you be diagnosed with PCOS as soon as you start your periods okay. I know people that have gone to the doctor at 15 and they've been diagnosed I know people that haven't been diagnosed until they're in their thirties. um it's not in that you can diagnose yourself. You do have to go to the doctors to get hormone level tested, see if you've got cysts, all that kind of jazz. Cool. And we've got loads more questions, guys. But obviously, if you want to put some questions in, put them in and we'll find time for as much as we can. I think you've answered quite a few of the questions that come through anyway. All right, last little bit of a mini topic. Um, let's get stuck into menopause um, and key changes in women pre and post. Do you want to start there? And then we can dig in from that point. Yeah, so for anyone that doesn't know, um, menopause is basically, well, perimenopause is the start, postmenopause is the end of kind of our reproductive system just shutting down completely. So we essentially start to run out of eggs, we stop having periods. Being postmenopausal is clinically classed as one year of no periods. So a year since your last period, you are then postmenopausal. So bearing in mind the kind of hormonal changes that we see with our menstrual cycle, if we stop having menstrual cycles, we don't get those changes in hormones, which have quite a negative impact, especially in terms of estrogen. So perimenopause to postmenopause, and this can take like, you know, it can take 12 months, it could take longer. It usually occurs in women around 45 to 55. It, in one in a hundred women like tend to go through it before 40 some of them are a little bit later but it's generally around 51 a woman is um, through her menopause but it's just this steady decline of progesterone and estrogen which we normally get quite a, um, a cyclical spike so we don't get that anymore and that has some impacts on all the things that it normally impacts if you think about the first half of our cycle all the positive things we kind of lose that and we tend to move into this kind of state of being in the luteal phase for 12 months so low mood um you've got risk of losing bone mineral density because of estrogen's part in that so that's really important um there's loads of other symptoms that are not very nice sleep is massively impacted i found with my clients they really really struggle with sleep you've got hot flushes 
Um, you've got things like um, vaginal dryness. Changes in mood is a massive one. And then also some changes in body composition. I think that's a really key thing to um, bear in mind. When we get this change in hormones, we get a change in where we store fat. So without us even having gained fat, we can feel like we're gaining weight because our fat tends to go from being this pear shape to more of a apple shape, which is more of a, a kind of male shape. So things, our clothes might feel tighter. You know, we might feel like we're gaining weight around our stomach when actually we're not gaining any fat at all. Um, it's just that change in our fat deposition. So that's something to bear in mind that women go through the menopause will maybe feel like they're gaining weight or potentially will be gaining weight because of these things that are affecting their behaviours. I think a lot of women in menopause start to think that they're broken once they get to this 51 barrier and it's like, I'm done now. I can't lose weight. I can't change the way that I look. And it's like, you can. The same rules apply. It's just fucking hell of a lot harder for you because of all these other things that are going on. Um, so again, you won't be able to tell your client that she's in peri or post-menopause as soon as she starts to kind of have irregular or, or less periods, if she goes to the doctors, they'll be able to tell her whereabouts she is by testing her. Um, yeah. And from a PT perspective, obviously now we know, we, we know little bits more, our PTs that have never kind of understood this before. And obviously mm -hmm. from a demographic perspective, you, you look at obviously with most commercial gyms and predominantly the pure gym PTs that we're talking to right now have a young demographic like that's that's usual but still you're going to need to be equipped to have this in the back pocket to know these even the basics and the foundations of this stuff is so important um and even just helping because you're going to get questions like i used to get questions like this from family members and then be like i haven't got a clue i need to go away and research it and understand it a little bit more um what would you do differently with clients who are going through the menopause um so again yeah there's no there's no like magic but again um because you've got this kind of risk of losing bone mineral density as you it unless they go on hrt so if they get hormone replacement therapy that does kind of change things it does kind of bring them back to baseline as it were if they don't then they've got this complete decline in their hormones and um, almost to zero so they're going to lose bone mineral density that's a really important thing because it's kind of thing so what's going to help that obviously resistance training and impact training so again trying to communicate that in a way that it's really important for their health we can't force people to do things they don't want to do but even like one to two sessions a week is going to really have an impact on steadying that and, and kind of stopping that um it also has been shown in some of the research that it can reduce hot flushes so if, uh, if they're not bothered about the bone density, they might be bothered about reducing their, their frequency of their hot flushes. So I think in terms of training, I focus on that again, over just some steady state, more movement, increasing the, um, and sleep, getting them to get into some sort of routine and looking at their sleep hygiene is gonna be massive because as we all know, changes in your sleep, sleep deprivation, changes in mood, that's gonna affect everything else that they do. And if they're already feeling like, Rest on the next seeing changes getting them to focus on that can really help um in terms of nutrition not really a lot will change the same kind of rules apply healthy balanced diet obviously 
getting enough protein and fiber and I would probably look to go higher end of protein intake with uh, menopausal women because we've got this decrease in skeletal mass as we age anyway that's only kind of sped up by the menopausal process so getting protein intake up towards like two grams per kilogram is probably a good idea um there's going to be quite a big shift in appetite that's something that a lot of my clients report so trying to manage that as best you can but a increase in protein is one of the key things you do anyway making sure they get enough fiber in their diet um that's pretty much the key things that i'd focus on uh have i missed anything there i think it's the awareness again that like they might be coming to you and going my measurements are going up i'm gaining weight but the scales aren't changing when actually if you have that background knowledge of there's going to be that change in fat distribution you can apply some logic to how they're feeling and thinking and again it's just helping them with adherence and getting them to keep with the plan and, and keep moving forward without them feeling like they're failing yeah because the I suppose the dodgy thing about that is most PTs think about the three or four variables that they can control and dictate. As soon as you that with a client, well, well, let's track it. If you've been consistent or you've not been consistent enough. So, right, what you need to do now is we're already in a 20% deficit. So we're going to bump that up to 30% and then you're going to move more. And then I think you should come to the gym more. And if you throw in them variables at people that already don't have the self-belief within themselves to apply, yeah. they're already applying, that's so damaging, isn't it, to people at that point? And what you'll find is if you're looking at people within that demographic and think about family members or clients that you've currently got, their exercise habits of, of past has always been, and I'm going to generalize massively, class-based, doesn't it? So it's very much light loads, body weight and stuff like that. And you introducing in, into areas of the gym where it's resistance and strength training and stuff. There's a lot of psychological impacts, hurdles that they need to get over on the route of seeing any type of progress that's all so slow. So if you're not making them aware about that in the onboarding process, you're always, already, you're always going to be up against it, aren't you, as a PT? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Massively yeah. important. Right, question time. Have you covered all of that or do you want to talk, go through any more points? That's pretty much it for now. I'm sure there'll be more questions that will prompt some stuff, but... Right. Um, I'm going to go to the questions that I got yesterday first. Uh, one sec. Would you recommend any supplements? I think you've already talked about... What for? It doesn't define it. I reckon more so that would be probably PCOS and you already said about... Cool. Well, yeah, in terms of um, menopause, yeah. the usuals, so omega-3, vitamin D, which I blanket recommend for all my clients anyway. There's multiple benefits to those. But calcium, obviously, because you are concerned about bone mineral loss, then definitely if they, well, even if they are getting a lot of calcium in the diet, there's no harm in, in supplementing with a little bit more. So that would be definitely one that I would consider for menopause. PCOS in Ocetol, but same again, vitamin D, omega-3, fish oils, um, and calcium for menstrual cycle as well can can sometimes help okay um same person asked a question how does pcos affect weight loss you've covered that um can we play around by giving a high carb diet to a client who wants to lose weight i suppose around pcos again you kind of touched on that before didn't you in a sense yep so we're all right with that um Exercises, considerations, pregnancy and postnatally. Again, that's a bit more pre and postnatal stuff. We'll stick on this for now. Um, mm -hmm. 
I want to hear from Harry. Would you change, would anything change or any key factors outside of what you already mentioned if you are coaching a female athlete focus on performance versus general pop weight loss? Um, again, it just would come down to how much it impacted her. Yeah. If you were finding there was a huge decline in performance and you weren't changing anything, you're probably going to want to change it. There was actually some cool research. I think it was looking at like front loading um, intensity and volume at the start of uh, a woman's cycle and then kind of tapering off towards the end. And then again, comparing that to not changing anything and there wasn't really any difference. So it's not like okay. it's a negative thing to do. So it is just seeing how they perform. Um, and it's not contraception, the, the kind of severity of the changes throughout the cycle then reduces slightly. And that's, that's a reason why a lot of the time if someone's quite serious about their performance in whatever sport they're doing, they tend to go on contraception because it regulates the period and their hormones a little bit more. So mm. bearing that in mind, yeah, just getting them to report in and monitor what's going on. If you see that they're, you know, the normal numbers that they're, they're kind of doing throughout the month or whatever their training looks like if there's a massive crash and they just feel like shit and they're not recovering as well then you know what to do Solid. um oh god there's loads more that i wanted to dig into that question because obviously it's very very sport dependent as well like in a weight making and stuff like that then you're obviously gonna it's gonna impact more than a non-weight making sport in some cases in a general yeah, yeah. and this is something that i'm looking that want me to help with the weight making so maybe that's something else that we can talk about at a later date but um i think as well with bodybuilding you're not going to change anything probably that is probably the only sport and the only person that is going to be like i don't care what happens i am dieting i am doing my training i'm doing my cardio until i get on that stage so yeah yeah because there's loads of obviously but you'll learn on every single so obviously i don't know how many shows that you did but from a prep perspective, you'll learn that did I need longer? How did that hang in the process at what point? So again, it comes back to self-awareness and reflection, doesn't it? No matter if you're a high level athlete of cutting weight or not cutting weight and still general pop. Wicked. Um, I'm going to ask one more. I've got another seven or eight here, but I think we've covered <laughs> a lot of them are pre and postnatal based and we'll oh. talk about that another time. Um, what things should a PT starting out consider when training female clients? Now, I think you've covered everything really um but there's going to be a lot of brand new pts especially within this group um i feel like you've helped already quite a lot but is there any kind of any other things that you'd kind of top off and just go just be aware of x y and z um that you haven't covered already uh no i think it's just understanding that like especially if you're male you've got it easy let's be honest and your clients have got it easy <laughs> easier have you ever had man flu, have you? <laughs> um, and I think that's what some males struggle with is male coaches. They, they, And I know the difference between my female and male clients. They'll just crack on and things don't really change as much. There's not these massive fluctuations in weight. You don't really need to change their training. So I think being aware of that, because otherwise you are going to get this mindset of like, oh, come on, just fucking suck it up. Get on with it. Like, go harder, go harder, go home. So I think, again, it's just having those conversations, having that awareness, being patient, having those open conversations. They need to trust you. If you're just going to dictate and tell them, yeah, it doesn't matter, just crack on. Like, you're not going to get anything out of them long term anyway. Um, 
So yeah, I, I think we've already covered it, but I don't think there's anything specific. Okay. Um, Stefan asked, um, and I think we've covered this, if I'm honest, or you've covered it, should I say, based on follicular and luteal phase of menstrual cycle, how should programming be? You've covered it really, and it very much depends on the person, doesn't it? So understand the person, meet them where they're at, loads of awareness and reflection, and yeah, be client-centered and be a coach as much as you possibly can, because um, that'll help you understand and adapt to each individual. Right. Um, there was a reason, obviously, we brought you on because the topics are unreal and more PTs need to know and understand. And I know we've just skimmed the surface of it. Um, yeah. But what you're doing right now for PTs is unreal. Um, in the, the webinar series you're doing to go into each topic in, in a load more detail. And God, yeah. it would have helped me in tons if I transitioned to the female demographic when I was coaching full time. And there was never anything like this about. Or if there is, you're going to have to spend a decent amount of whack to go and find it out. And whilst you're going to find that out, you've got to go and absorb your way through different stuff to get to this point to be able to apply this stuff. Does that make sense? So yeah, you've got to pull out the key components and put them into the webinar series, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, that's basically it. So obviously a lot of my PCOS knowledge came from doing my nutrition and then I've been to like seminars on menopause. I've absolutely fried my brain reading Lyle McDonald's women's book which is the most painful read ever so I basically just pulled all those parts took all the research all the things that I think that you need to know that you should probably focus on and the things that you don't need to know I've left out and put that information forward for you as much detail as possible to yeah save you time but give you the knowledge that's going to help you get get better results for your clients I guess and you've so, already yeah. started you've already started these haven't you I have. I started the first one last week. The next one's tomorrow. Um, but I've recorded them all, so you can still get the recordings. Or I'm, I think I am going to run them again. Um, I've also got a girl called Chloe doing a talk on some postnatally stuff, some things that isn't really my area. So that's a little bolt on as well that's coming with it. Well, kid, where can they go and sign up to it? Uh, via my Instagram is the best place and um, so yeah either sign up to my email list or drop me a dm um or an email via instagram and i'll add on to the list and send you out the details and then you can you can have a look over and see if it's something that you want to get involved in what's your ig sky elizabeth coaching yeah so it's sky.elizabeth.coaching it should really be just ask his daughter coaching yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> there's not enough videos of your dad on there anymore. It's getting boring. I know, I'm not seeing him much. Coronavirus is killing me. This pandemic is reminding my dad's raving antics, but he'll be back. <laughs> Legend. Right. Thanks for your time. Very, very valuable. Skim the surface, but still really, really valuable. Um, loads yeah. um, This will sit in the group, and obviously we've recorded it for my PTs on as well, so you can watch it back later on. Um, Nick, anything else from you? Any final thoughts? No, just thank you for your time, mate. Good to see you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Wicked. Thank you so much. Guys, we'll see you soon. See you in a bit.